Hello and welcome to another episode of Sexual Confidence on Tap with Shannon Etheridge and friends. And we are concluding our four-part series of interviews with the ladies who have come for the Blast Next Level event in my home the past four days. This is Sharon Williams, and I have had the absolute delight and privilege of working with her for about almost a year. We, we met about a year ago at an event called the American Association of Christian Counselors World Conference, and I'm going to let her tell you why she jumped on board this blast train, who she is, what she's creating, what she's aspiring to do, because it is fascinating to me. Thank you, Shannon. I am a certified life coach and certified health coach, and I specialize in sex and relationships. And I, I knew I had a story to tell. Uh, in 2017, I wrote a, a small little book called The Little Book of Great Sex, and it was well before knowing you and, and joining the BLAST program, uh, but I knew I had a story of, of sexual healing, um, healing in my marriage that I just wanted to share with the world and as my journey with chronic pain has been part of that mm. and growing even into a more sexually confident woman and wife I just have wanted to find a way to share that as well as to help other women who need to find sexual fulfillment uh, in their in their relationship and, and in their marriage so you and Todd have now been married how many years? We've been married 24 years. Mm -hmm. And how many years did it take you before you found your sexual confidence and your fulfillment? I spent the first 19 years feeling not fulfilled um, in marriage. In our, you know, we were we were good friends. We got along. Um, you functioned well. We, we functioned well. We really did. Mm -hmm. um, but I just was not sexually fulfilled. And I, I found out that that was my responsibility. That's one of the biggest things I've learned is my sexual fulfillment is has been my responsibility all along. I just was not communicating with him uh, how I should have been, and um, and that led me to some some poor choices, and led us to a year of marriage counseling, which really turned out to be exactly what we needed. Yeah, and it. Gave us the skills to be able to start communicating better, and um, found myself also in, in sex therapy as well, which built on more more skills for communication and learning more about myself. I'm mm -hmm. so proud when women tell me that they recognize that it's not my husband's responsibility to get me aroused and across that orgasmic threshold that that is my responsibility and you took ownership of this even sought out the help of a sex therapist so what were some of the most valuable things that you learned from that sex therapy experience the most valuable things i learned um i i in that time i was really beginning to start my pain management journey um, I, I had experienced chronic pain in my feet and other areas of my body since 2007 and in about 2016 I finally had to start official pain management taking medications non-opioid pain medications and I needed to start to really learn what that was doing to my body and my mind and my energy 
and and how to work with that, um, how that was affecting me, and how and how to overcome those challenges. So and so, you had shared a statistic with me earlier about the percentage of women who are not orgasmic the way that they expect to be. Do you think that women come into marriage just expecting that this is just supposed to happen totally organically like it does in the movies? I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I came into marriage um, 24 years ago. I thought sex was just going to be so easy and so fun. I was so ready to start that part of my life. I'm, I was ready to get married and um, thinking it was all going to be grand and easy and fun, but it, lo and behold, was not easy and, and at least not at first. <laughs> not at first. I understand no. that you have some easy Saturday mornings now. I do indeed. <laughs> yeah, you want to you tell people about your ritual? Yeah, I, for the last several years, we, my husband and I have learned that Having a good night's sleep on Friday night and waking up Saturday mornings um, after, you know, sleeping in and my doing some yoga and some stretching and listening to some sexy music really gets my head in the game and really starts to um, get my arousal going. And I, like we said earlier, I'm starting to take ownership of what I need to do to get my head and my body into the game. Right. And yeah. so many women don't understand the concept of before you can ever even get into that orgasmic zone, you have to let your body get aroused. And that that starts in your own mind. I love the fact that you've discovered music as an aphrodisiac. That mm -hmm. is a fantastic aphrodisiac. But the expectation that your husband is supposed to turn you on, get you aroused, get you engorged, get you uh, into orgasmic mode, that is not the way that it happens. And what I hope is that there are some women watching this that maybe have never been married yet, and maybe they have that same naive expectation of, oh, it's just going to be hearts and flowers and birds singing, and the earth is going to you know, gonna have a little mini earthquake in my bedroom, and I'm going to have the, this magical orgasm. I hope that she will understand that, no, this is you have to get your head in the game and this is a process and I don't want to call it work because I definitely right. think that it's relaxation, it's play, it's pleasure, mm -hmm. but it, it does require intentionality on a woman's part. Would you agree? It's not as, it's not as natural for women to get there as it is for men, it seems. Right. A hundred percent. I, I really learned that I need to be thinking and just living a more sexually um, confident is not the word, but just throughout life, throughout the week, not just Saturday mornings, mm -hmm. but having having my husband on my mind and allowing my thoughts to just think some sexy thoughts, mm -hmm. uh, even when you know I'm just doing the most mundane things, um, but just to let my mind not be so distracted. But to also keep, I've, I've heard a, a phrase, an erotic thread going, just to keep myself in a, just a little bit of an erotic thread throughout the week. 
It's kind of like keeping yeah. the pilot light on. Yes. It doesn't yes. take as much to start a fire if the pilot light is lit. But right. if the pilot light is totally going out, then you got to start from scratch, and that can be really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you came into the BLAST program hoping to establish your own sex coaching practice. I did. Yes? Yes. <laughs> and Sharon learned very quickly that one of the best ways to lay a really strong foundation for building any type of business or ministry or practice on is writing. And so you put yourself out there in this writing world. Talk to us about what you what you discovered, what you experienced, really what you accomplished. You've accomplished so much in this one year span of time. It's blown my mind. Yeah, uh, earlier this year, um, well, I'm, I'm a daughter, an official daughter of the American Revolution. It means I have an ancestor who served in the American Revolution. And I'll just refer to that as the DAR for short. <laughs> uh, so the DAR often hosts essay contests, and they hosted one earlier this year um, that was had three possible entries, one that either dealt with women in health, women in career, or women in family. And I've known for a few years now how vitally important our sexual health is to our overall health and well-being. And so I thought, you know, I, I really think I can write something short and meaningful. So I, I sat down and started writing and writing about my journey through chronic pain, um, also being diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in 2018, which just added more pain. Um, my taking the the pain medications and how that has had affected my body and I just went through my whole journey and and also touching on you know the not feeling sexually fulfilled in my marriage and being honest with yourself right Todd right learning to compartmentalize that pain because you knew it was a distraction to you feeling the pleasure yes. that you wanted mm -hmm. to feel mm -hmm. right you took ownership of what was happening in your world and you showed up for your own life and you right. recognized the adjustments that needed to be made. Did you find that writing is therapy? That ink is a really cheap form of therapy? Yes. Yeah, yeah it sure is. <laughs> it was a fun process. Mm -hmm. um, just, and it was good for me to, to see my journey on paper from sort of beginning to not the end, but where I am currently, <laughs> and, see, and to see how far I've, I've come from being quite naive 24 years ago when I got married to being having some unrealistic expectations about marriage and how disappointed that led me to be and, and then all the pain and things, and then to, to find sexual fulfillment as I have now and being sexually confident as I am now. Um, so she submitted this amazing essay yeah. and tell them what happened next. <laughs> well, the essay is called Bridging the Orgasm Gap and it won first place for the women in health category in the state of New York. I was, I was so thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> it really just I was thrilled for you. Yeah, it just confirmed in me that this is the message that women are wanting to hear yes. right now. They, that we need. Yeah, they don't want to hear just all the candy-coated 
success stories or, you know, how to please your man, like, you know, it's written on the front of Cosmo magazine or something. Mm -hmm. And you were afraid that maybe some of these older, more mature women in this organization would not appreciate the graphicness or, you know, the, the topic, but mm -hmm. your experience and their response was very different, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. I found that my older, um, my older sisters or fellow daughters in the DAR have been my, my biggest champions. They're like, this is fantastic. This is great. You know, we need you this. Have to Where share was this. this 30 years ago when right. I, yeah. <laughs> You've just got to share this. And I said, yes, I do. Mm -hmm. I'm happy indeed. to. Yeah. And so now you've taken it a step further. Now that the essay is out there and available on your website, it's SharonLeeWilliams.com, by the way. Not SharonWilliams.com, SharonLeeWilliams.com. There you will see her beautiful bio picture and her amazing logo. And she has worked so hard for weeks and months and gotten feedback from her entire Blast tribe that she meets with on a regular basis. And for me, and collaboratively, we have watched this woman blossom into not yet your full potential because i think that that's still you're, you're still on that cusp of you're about to have a lot of people coming in knocking on your door wanting some coaching from you because you are living a story that they they want to find your kind of happily ever after ending not that anybody's ending to their story is perfect but right you found what you were looking for yes and, and i'm so, still finding still discovering right yeah. and so you wrote an ebook Mm -hmm. by the same or similar title. Yeah, 10 Tips for Bridging the Orgasm Gap. Mm -hmm. Right, and it is the most beautiful creation I think I have ever seen. It is definitely a work of art or a work of heart because I know Sharon's totally poured her heart into this. But give us just an example of some of the tips that could help women who are struggling overcome their own orgasm gap. Mm -hmm. Some of um, my tips refer to or, or sort of address body image so I think my first tip is arriving with confidence and I I love having a shower before being intimate um, it makes me feel like I am just ready to bear all squeaky clean <laughs> I'm squeaky clean <laughs> and I have no inhibitions for just bearing all and being all and just being ready for what's going to happen next. What's, 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 you want me to go, you're going to pull me this way or I'm going to do that? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it brings out the adventuresome yeah, side. Yeah. I feel you have no inhibitions right. for what things might look or smell or taste like. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm much, much less fearful if I know I'm squeaky clean. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> And any other suggestions you want to go ahead and put out there? Um, I love to stretch. Yoga stretches are my friend. Mm -hmm. um, especially uh, living with chronic pain. You know, my muscles uh, can get very tight. And, you know, my low back, my, my hands. Um, you know, just pain sucks. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm... I, I'm been in pain for many years and and um, having been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in 2018, I've really had to learn how to 
take care of my body and how to relax my my muscles and my joints and to take some deep breaths at the same time and just relax and breathe into these stretches at, you know right before I shower and then our good times can roll um, so yeah the the stretching is really pivotal for me and you mentioned the music the music I have a, a good playlist I like mm -hmm. <laughs> who's your favorite artist that makes you feel the sexiest mm, well journey yeah. <laughs> I'm an 80s girl. I was going to say, you're, you're the one play, that plays the bass guitar in the worship band at church, yeah. so you, you like rock and roll. I, I love rock and roll, and I'm a child of the 80s, and so I've, I've curated my Spotify playlist. I It's not just a, you know, a list of songs, but I've put in their journey as my kind of genre. And it's called Journey Radio. So go. it's Journey plus other bands that are similar to that sound. And I can envision you. Don't stop believing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So that just um, really gets in. I'm a sucker for a good guitar solo. I love. Wando <laughs> well, and all yeah, that. Yeah. 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 yeah so. I just enjoy that. It gets me into my body and makes me want to move. <laughs> sure. Let's talk about the illiteracy or illiteracy, as I have referred to in previous episodes Let's do. of women. What is it that, that many women still don't understand about the female body and how it is wired? First of all, they, I think they, have, they don't even know what they look like. Mm -hmm. um, they're don't know what their private parts look like, their, their genitalia, um, our vulvas. It's quite a mystery to women. You know, men find it very easy to know what their genitals look like. All they have to do is... They stare at them every yeah. time they go pee. Yeah. yeah, it's just a matter of being naked and going like that. <laughs> but um, many women have not taken a look at what they look like. Um, what their vulvas look like. And or if they have, they've gotten freaked out and somehow think that it's not beautiful. And that's a really sad story. Yeah, that can that can bring on some body image issues for sure. Right. Yeah, not wanting their their spouse to, to see them. Mm -hmm. But it's actually, you know, a very beautiful thing we've been given. It's a, it's a gift. And, and no, it's what sets our relationship with our mate apart from any other relationship. The only yes. other person that sees that is your OBGYN, but I'll bet you're right. not, yeah. <laughs> I'm not turned on there. Exactly. You're, you're not like getting aroused by that. No. But um, yeah, so getting comfortable with what's down there. But how about the mechanics? We mentioned that statistic earlier that um, you said two thirds of women mm -hmm. do not do not have an orgasm during penetration or penis and vagina intercourse. And so, which is really what heterosexual sex is, they, it's just, that is the goal, it seems. And you haven't had sex unless you have had penetration, mm -hmm. um, which is another shame that our, our, our definition of sex is so narrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so two thirds of women don't have an orgasm through intercourse. Right. It requires direct clitoral stimulation. Yes. Or I know that many women would say that 
penile penetration, it may not produce an orgasm, but him using his fingers where it could be a more direct pressure on the G spot, that that's sure. more successful. Sure. But yeah, the fact that women have multiple ways to have an orgasm in the first place, that's, that's the really exciting discovery that when women realize that all of a sudden sex is no longer what she does just to make her husband happy. Then all of a sudden she realizes I've got, uh, twice as many nerve endings in my genitalia as my husband has in his, mm -hmm. and I have three times as many ways to orgasm and that he has a refractory period and I do not. I can have one after another after another. The mm -hmm. whole thing about Sigmund Freud saying that women have penis envy. Why would we want a shotgun when we already own a semi-automatic? The female <laughs> vagina and clitoris and vulva, all of that is capable of producing so much more pleasure for the female brain and body than what the male genitalia is able to produce for him. So this idea that this is just our marital duty, we have to buck up and bear it, you've got to get that storyline out of your head. This should feel like play. Right. Because you should be experiencing even more pleasure than he does. Mm -hmm. And pleasure is just as much for me as it is for my husband. Mm -hmm. And I, I think a lot of women put their pleasure on the back burner and thinking that it's mostly for him. But, you know, you can really be set free from that and know that it's equally for you. Pleasure is as much for you. And um, you can create that. Absolutely. Don't you think that that it liberates men when a woman is fully in the game and that and that she's capable of getting fully aroused? I I would say my husband has found freedom. They're <laughs> 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 like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it, sexual communication has been huge. Um, my thinking that my husband was going to just meet my needs and know what to do. And how to please me and you should know what to do right i shouldn't have to tell you because i don't even know myself but right. you're supposed to know right <laughs> right i'm waiting yeah. i figure this out will right. you you're standing there right naive right right but to to communicate with him about what i want what feels good and what I need. And what to, you're in the mood for. Yeah. And what's too much and what you right. want more of, what you want less of, and what positions you would enjoy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It takes the guesswork out of of, of him trying to figure it out and, right. they, and want to please me. It's like, let me, why don't I just tell you what, mm -hmm. what's going to please me? Well, and I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. What is the difference between the, you're 48? I'm 49. 49. Mm -hmm. What is the difference between the 49-year-old that Todd gets to make love to today and the, how old were you when you got married? 24. Okay, let's just say the 29-year-old. Mm -hmm. Let's just rewind the tape yeah. 20 years. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between the 49-year-old sexually confident uh, coach who's ready to help women experience pleasure and bridge their orgasm gap in the 29 year old, like sexually speaking. Right. What's the difference? The 29 year old was just waiting and waiting. <laughs> being passive. Being passive. Um, and, and silent. Silent, waiting for him to hit the right spot at the right time and the right speed. Um, and 
and just being silent about um, about what I was feeling. I was, and I was actually feeling shame, thinking that something was wrong with me. Like I thought other women, gosh, other women just seem to. I think they're just getting it. They they just got the hang of it. Maybe they're they're having orgasms and I'm not. They're they're getting their needs met and experiencing sexual pleasure in ways that I'm not. What am I doing wrong? Um, so I, I actually felt a lot of shame, and that's why one reason why I kept silent about it. Mm-hmm. You know, because I didn't want him to think, you know, you're doing it wrong, honey. You know, because that wasn't at all what I wanted him to think. That fear of what um, other people will think, really. Or, or him to think. You know, I didn't want to verbalize That's what I mean, yeah, yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. Or that you waited so many years to talk to a therapist. Was there some fear there to ever admit to another human being? (laughs) I had never talked to anybody about sex or, you know, what I was experiencing and my feelings about what I was experiencing. I'd never talked to anybody about that before. And it took me about five minutes before I felt, man, this feels so good to just say it to another woman the sexual the sex therapist and she just was so affirming and so encouraging and just knew the questions to ask and to bring out my story and what was going on for me and um started giving me the skills to communicate yeah and at what point did you know that i want to go beyond being a sexually confident wife myself i want to help other women experience this pleasure and this passion and this joy. When did you decide you wanted to be a coach? I think it was in my my most aha moments of becoming a sexually confident wife myself. Um, I keep I keep going back to communication. Even just in marriage in general, I was not a good communicator in those first 16, 19 years of marriage. And and when it was affecting my sex life, I. but then I started to turn it around. I was like, this is just huge. This is pivotal. I was able to tell Todd with my words, <laughs> rather than just kind of slyly taking his hand and mm-hmm. moving it to the right or to the left or, you know, without using my words. But when I could say, honey, the... I was thinking, you know, when when having sex, I'd like to do this, but I feel really shy and scared and embarrassed. And but I was thinking that's what I would like to do. (laughs) (laughs) And he said? (laughs) And he said, well, you shouldn't. Meaning you shouldn't feel shy. You shouldn't feel embarrassed. You shouldn't feel scared. And I think that most husbands want lessons on how can I be your dream lover? Yeah. And if you're not giving him the lessons, he can't be the dream lover. Right. And what it really is, it's a it's a team effort. We we need to come together and, and achieve that together rather than me depending on him to to do all the magic for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I for me to create and communicate what that is. So the idea of communicating with your husband seems scary. You overcame that. The idea of communicating with a sex therapist seems scary. You overcame that. 
when did you decide that you're ready to talk to other women about this? Hmm. I think three or four years ago when I, when I just was coming out of my shell and my sexual confidence was just blossoming and I was like, woohoo. <laughs> I, who is this woman? <laughs> it was about darn time. <laughs> and I was like, and you know, in the beginning I was thinking, am I, am I broken? There's something wrong with me. I'm the only one, you know, feeling like this to knowing I cannot be the only one feeling, mm -hmm. you know, unfulfilled and struggling with sexual pleasure and struggling to have an orgasm. I am, I cannot be the only woman out there. And if I found the, you know, the answers for me, what has worked for me, I know there are many other women mm -hmm. who are in my shoes and, and who would love to, you know, speak to me as honestly as I was able to speak to a therapist. And Right. Um, and that is why your essay really resonated with an entire group of women of all different ages. And um, I know that in your ebook, you were very intentional about including some resources in the back. Tell us a little mm -hmm. bit about that. Mm -hmm. When I was first struggling with things, um, especially at about year 16 of marriage, I started looking, you know, just Googling um, Christian sex podcasts. And Sexy Marriage Radio came up, and which that's where I found you. That was the, really my first resource I ever found. Mm -hmm. And then I read your book, Sexually Confident Wife, and I was like, wow. I, it was really the first book I had read that really got me on the road to, I'm now, now what, else can, what else do I need to learn? There's, you know, there's probably more to learn. So... I've, I've listed out so many podcasts and books and websites and um, um, sex toy stores um, and products that I like. I've just a, a long list of resources that have helped me. And I'm learning that Todd likes to call me the every woman. Because I, I seem to meet, you know, I seem to speak other people's language. And so I'm like, if it helped me, it's got to help other women too. Absolutely. And you were so. so approachable. You are just a gem. I've watched how women listen to you talk about your story and talk so openly about sexuality. And it's like they want to be your new best friend and they want to know more. They want to pick your brain <laughs> because they know that you've just become the spout of wisdom. And all of us need a little bit more of that wisdom and a little bit more of that inspiration when it comes to sexual confidence. So... Sharon Williams, thank you for being willing to show up for your own life first and work on your own issues and then be willing to help other people with very similar issues. If you would like to learn more about Sharon's coaching, about the article that is an award-winning essay, she has that posted again on her homepage, right? At Sharon Lee, at the bottom, at SharonLeeWilliams.com. If you are interested in having her coach you, through discovering your own orgasmic pleasure, if you have an orgasm gap that needs to be bridged, I think that she is primed and ready to, <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended, <laughs> but she definitely has the experience and the passion, the expertise, so do not hesitate to reach out to this woman if orgasm is something that you have really struggled with accomplishing, because I assure you that once you experience that huge payoff, because 
isn't that why we do anything? We, we right. do it for the payoff. Yeah. If you are not able to have orgasm for a reason that can be overcome, you owe it to yourself and to your relationship to try to overcome those things because that is the major payoff that makes sex desirable. If, if sex wasn't so pleasurable that it takes us over this threshold of overwhelming pleasure, why would anyone want to continue doing it? So if you have stagnated in your sexual relationship because orgasm doesn't come very frequently or, or very easily for you, again, SharonLeeWilliams.com. She will strategize with you on how to overcome those hurdles because as you've heard, she herself had multiple hurdles to overcome in her lifetime. I'm so proud of you. I am so proud and excited about this next season of your life. Me too. Where you are going to help a lot of people, girl. And I'm, yeah. I'm hoping that you've helped a lot of people even just in having this conversation on this podcast. Yeah, I love, I love the title, Bridging the Orgasm Gap, but I, I think... Overall, I want to encourage women to find pleasure yes. and not, not necessarily, the orgasm gap is catchy and I love it and I love, I love orgasms, <laughs> they're great, but um, even more than that, I want women to feel pleasure yes. and whatever that means for them, so. Absolutely. So we found this very pleasurable, this conversation. <laughs> it's so refreshing when women can finally talk about these things that so few people have ever been able to talk about with their moms, with their sisters, sometimes not even with their friends. So I hope that you found the conversation refreshing as well. We thank you for tuning in to another episode of Sexual Confidence on Tap with Shannon Etheridge and Friends. We love you for listening and we thank you for tapping on tap.